Oh my god, dude, it's gonna be nice having this market anarchist on. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I honestly, I don't think he's as about it as he says he is. I think he just isn't educated enough. Like, I feel Makes like sense. he's one of those guys that if he hung out with us a few times, his entire perspective would change. Yeah, especially if he hung out with Jaron. Like, he thinks he's an anarchist. Let this dude talk to Jaron for a second. Exactly, oh yeah. Jaren could convince anybody. So Nino and Ethan, just to uh, warn you guys, I guess Sterling was approached by this guy, Dunk, who wanted to come on, and he happens to be, from what Sterling is describing, he says he's an anarchist, but he also thinks that capitalist markets are a good thing. So we're thinking he leans ANCAP. So I'm thinking I should probably just throw out all the paste bin notes I had, and like, we're going to end up just arguing the whole fucking time. So. That's very exciting. <laughs> Been more like waste bin, am I right? <laughs> okay. Wow. We'll Very interesting. Goes. I was watching a lot of Thomas Sowell interviews. Oh, <laughs> I don't know, because I thought that's what we were going to talk about. So yeah, I, mean, I, I was very up. <laughs> I have a lot of notes about Thomas Sowell actually in the paste bin, but yeah, like I said, I have a feeling we're just going to end up debating. We'll see. Isn't it going to be legalized in New York soon? Isn't I think it already like... is. Okay. Cuomo was like, oh, my bad. Killed all these people. Here's some exactly. weed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my bad. laughs> Shit, was that me, dog? <laughs> we keep this hush, right? <laughs> I'm the weed guy. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, Ward was not on last time. Uh, Nino and Ethan, that's Ward. He's usually on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Hello. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Ward already knows of you guys because he's a left shelf listener as well. So, oh no oh. way! <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel like the people who make podcasts tend to be big podcast connoisseurs themselves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I hardly listen to music anymore. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> If, I feel like you probably listen to more left shelf than I do. I've definitely missed like three episodes of the last like six or seven. <laughs> I used to listen to all of our episodes, but now um, mm. sometimes I don't even catch up, especially like the ones that I took place in. You know, I, I don't mm. tend to listen back to the ones I'm on, but I haven't been on a lot myself lately. So I do like catching the ones I wasn't present yeah. for. Yeah, since it's like just us and I generally remember what it is. And I like know when there's ones that not that I don't like, but there's ones that I think were really good. And I like, yeah. I like listen to those again. And then the ones where I'm like, eh, I'm like maybe I'll just miss this one. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, I almost don't want to admit how obsessively I listen to ours. Like to just like, so I will like, obviously I listen to ours when I edit it and it, and I listen to the right. whole thing for like five to six hours. And mm-hmm. then once I'm done, I will immediately listen to the whole cut again just to make sure I didn't miss something before I like I'll upload the waves and everything but then I'll still listen to it again just to double check and then and then again I'll listen to it when it comes out just to make sure we get that play count on our on our counter hey <laughs> I should listen to it we're like literally times. twins that's exactly my that's exactly what I do I listen to it so many times because I'm always so paranoid I'm like oh are these traditions good yeah yeah. Not only does Nino look like she can be related to me, but we're twinsies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I already know that I'm slam dunking on motherfuckers, so I don't, I don't really have to revisit it. <laughs> Moved on. 
Yeah, I like to listen back to the ones where I got really drunk on. <laughs> yeah, that like, how does that happen. come out? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, sorry so, for the delay there, y'all. No problem oh, at all. No problem. We haven't even like gotten started yet. We're just kind of shooting the shit. You fucked yeah. up the whole thing. <laughs> Dunk, I will say, let's do Try some it. just introductions. So Dunk, Sterling, uh, myself, I'm Mike, and then Ward and Jaron. We're all regular hosts of the, the Turn Leftist podcast. And okay. then Nino and Ethan are from the Left Shelf podcast. And you are from the Break the State podcast, correct? Yeah. Um, I haven't done an episode in quite some time. It's kind of on a indefinite hiatus, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so then just to set it all out of the gate, the way Sterling explained it, I guess, did you reach out to him to come on and talk about what we just well, happened to be talking about this week? Or We, we started kind of arguing on Instagram <laughs> a little bit. Like, we, just, we just got into a little, into a little uh, altercation. As one does. But we were, we were having a lot of fun, and then I was like, hey, in all reality, man, I really would like to hear your take on this. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I called him an ANCAP and he's like, no, I'm not an ANCAP. And then he kind of like gave a bit of a uh, description of himself. And I was like, you know what? This episode we're in the middle of, this would be perfect. And y- you know me, I love bringing on people even th- that I disagree with. And we always have a fucking blast. Yeah. It's usually all right. Yeah. So then Dunk, would you like to clarify then what your politics are and like what I guess your stance is on capitalist markets or capitalism or whether you're left or right or just whatever you want to tell us about your politics? Yeah. Um, basically I, I, I like to consider myself, I don't, I don't really like to put a label. Um, I try to stay away from labels as much as I can, but if I had to put one, I would just say anarchist. Um, just simply out as far as capitalism, I I would say that capitalism is my preferred economic system. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say that in a stateless society, people should be free to organize in whatever economic systems that they see fit. So um, if, you know, a group wants to be communist or wants to be capitalist or what have you, um, I think that's acceptable as long as people are allowed to leave voluntarily and uh, opt out. I'm really more of a, like personally, I'm more of an individualist, I guess I would say. I would um, prefer to (laughs) live in the woods away from everybody and leave everybody the fuck alone, basically. So... Yeah, I don't know if that's kind of a just a brief underlay. But. No, that's cool. Actually, so many of those things came up on our last episode. It was really funny. Like you talk about living in the woods and this made me think of our <laughs> Ayn Rand on an island thing that we mentioned. A yeah. <laughs> uh, little inside joke. I mean, only the five of us will get it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since the last episode hasn't even been released. Yeah. Um, I, I take it we, we, you're not an Ayn Rand fan, though, at the very least. I don't. So actually, to be quite honest, I'm not a excellent reader so i'm okay. much more of a podcast listener i got a gotcha. lot of basically where i'm at is basically a lot from uh, from podcasts and um documentaries what have you um i haven't read a lot of ayn rand i'm familiar with some of her works i suppose so i mean you know there might be a quote of hers that i might agree with but i i can't say <laughs> that i'm a fan of her just because i yeah. i haven't uh read her so we hate um, her hair. <laughs> I, I figured. We're not um, no, I figured. Who, who are you fans of? Like, if you have any thinkers or ideological, you know, people. Um. Yeah. So, I would say modern. Uh, Ron Paul, Dave Smith, um, <laughs> Kokesh. Um, <laughs> I don't know who Kokesh is. Uh, Adam Kokesh. Oh, no. I feel like oh. I've heard the name. I'm not sure. I know that guy, yeah. He's the guy that um, he got arrested for loading a shotgun. I think it was a shotgun, if I remember correctly, or loading a rifle in front of the, uh, the state house like, yeah. back in 20, 
twelve or something like that. Mm-hmm. Dave um, Smith, he's like a kind of a comedian that's super anti-vax, right? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I just, if you want to boil it down into, into I just that, want yeah. to make sure I'm thinking of the same guy. <laughs> he went, he went on Rogan, and you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we're we're yeah. we're pro-vax here for the most part. Got both of my shots. Yeah, same, same. I got eight. <laughs> oh man no we're gonna have a great time and jaron here is our uh our anarchist. resident anarchist yeah resident yeah. anarchist i was gonna say token and then i was like that probably comes off very inappropriate it sounds a little weird but yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. definitely um different anarchist school than where you're from though because sure I, hate capitalism vehemently and I think <laughs> go away yeah, as quickly so, as possible. Um, so actually, and that's one thing that I was kind of curious is just to kind of um, understand really where you guys come from, because I, I did, you know, check out uh, the most recent episode that I think you guys have is uh, anarchism versus authoritarianism. Okay. Mm-hmm. I through the cool. majority of that. And Very then cool. um, I started on um, the gun control one. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. Okay. But yeah, so I'm actually kind of curious, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want you guys to have to kind of, rehash everything for your audience be kind of curious just to understand why you don't like capitalism um because i i understand to a a minor degree you know like what um communism is based on what the ideal but i don't quite understand the full scope of it so i I would be curious to just kind of get a better understanding of that i think we will kind of hash that out throughout the episode i think that's basically going to be most of the episode is us shitting on People who espouse capitalism and why we think that capitalism sucks. I mean, that's mostly what we do here. Um, So I think that that will come out throughout the episode. But I guess we should also just set out that like Sterling, Ward, and I, so we're probably the most authoritarian leftists. And then I think, Mm -hmm. Nino, you're a little more lib left. And Ethan, you're a little more off left, right? I mean, yeah, it depends. I'm kind of in the middle most of the time. Out, out of the two of you, at least. Yeah. And like we said, you know, yeah, Jaron's a uh, yeah, lib-left so. anarchist. I mean, if you take the political compass at face value and assume that that's like a, a thing, um, which is another issue. <laughs> I mean, yeah. with, with, a, with a Nazi, I'm pretty off-left. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's also another point that I should hash out is that like Jaron will get authoritarian when it comes to fascists. And we will get like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of situations where we get libertarian. I guess we do tend to. You guys um, like trans people more than. Like Mao, for example. I'm authoritarian in my like tolerance of trans people, though. Like you will respect my trans homies. (laughs) At the barrel of a gun, yes. Like it's still authority. (laughs) We're big Stalin fans, at least three, at least a few of us. (laughs) All right. So I guess the last caveat I'll put out there before we get into it, since I definitely don't want to get into the territory of being like a fucking vouch channel or like the sock done left bullshit with like where they debate and they talk over each other and they get loud and they scream. I hate that shit. Drives yeah. me nuts. I don't think there's any value in it. Um, so what I guess I would just say is like, again, with the hand signals, if you want to talk, like I always make sure that I try to get to everybody. If somebody puts a hand up, I act like the teacher on the podcast, basically like I call everybody <laughs> by name and say like, you know, you go. So we don't talk over each yeah. other. Cause I don't think that that's conducive to having a good podcast. Let's just make sure that everybody gets out their entire point before we go and like cut people off and like straw man their argument or whatever like that. Try to just be good debater if we can. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right.
turn left. God, those communists are amazing. Welcome back to the Turn Leftist Podcast, everybody. I'm Mike, he, him. And tonight I'm here with Sterling, Ward, and Jaron, all he, him. And again, we have from the Left Shelf Podcast, Nino and Ethan. Nino is she, her, and Ethan is he, him. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Well, happy to be back. back. <laughs> I'm happy you guys back. Yeah, we had so much fun uh, talking about anarcho-capitalists the last time. And we had so much to get through. We figured we'd have you guys back and try to wrap it up. I feel like we could probably do three or four more episodes, but we'll try to just keep it to this one tonight. And then also from the Break the State podcast, we have Dunk, uh, he, him. How are you doing, Dunk? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. And just to, uh, at the outset, get this out of the way. So Dunk and Sterling sort of uh, interacted on Instagram and had a bit of like a not an argument, I'd say but maybe a debate. I don't know. I wasn't there for it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it seemed appropriate for the time, you know, for the episodes that we're doing. And so Sterling invited him to come on because, Dunk, as you said, you are, you call yourself an anarchist, but you are still a fan of capitalism as an economic system, correct? Uh, yeah, to, for the most part. But you wouldn't identify as an ANCAP? Not necessarily, no. Okay. So just to get that sort of out of the way, I feel like if there's anything else you want to say, you know, to our listeners now that we're actually like starting the podcast proper, uh, is there, if there's anything you'd like to just explain as far as your political position or ideology? I guess uh, I come from a, a libertarian background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess uh, American libertarian, you know, kind of, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could say, you could call it right wing, not in the social um, aspects, but definitely in the economic aspects uh, for the most part. So I kind of came into the ideas of uh, liberty and libertarianism, anarchism, and what have you through people like Ron Paul, um, Adam Kokesh. I was never into politics until I started kind of delving into conspiracy theories. Um, actually, it's what got me into it. So mm-hmm. um, here's, a, here's a, a terrible name for you guys is Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that's kind of where I came. That's where I started. And um, I'm definitely far, far away from that now. Um, but it's kind here. Of, so that's kind of where, that's where I started though. So that's hmm. where I came from. Well, we'll see if we can cure you of your illness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll at least give you that chance before we put you in the gulag. <laughs> so, I, but seriously, so getting into just the, you know, the topic of the episode and the material at hand, I will actually open up the pace bin. We'll see if we can get through some of it before we just devolve into debate territory, but we'll see what we can do here. <laughs> so Dunk, you had asked, you know, before we even started the episode, why we oppose capitalism here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really bother getting into it before we started recording because, like I said, we will pretty much spend the entire episode just as we spend the entire podcast talking about that concept. Um, but just to start off, I'd say as it relates to our current topic at hand, by way of an introduction, I'd say capitalism is a hierarchy. And not only is it a strict system of imposing authority on people and therefore the opposite of anarchism, but it can only exist with state power propping it up. Capitalism requires defensive property and enforcement of contracts and property rights by the police and a court system. And anyone who understands even the most basics of economics understands how wealth concentrates upward. If you have money, it is easier to make more money. And this is a vicious cycle. So the less regulation there is, the faster the wealth will concentrate and the more power and influence the wealthy will have over everyone else, quickly leading to neo-feudalism. Think of, you know, company towns and all the same exploitation and hierarchy that governments would commit, but done by private firms. And in my mind, this gets back to that old meme. It's uh, an old favorite of mine. And it was something to the effect of like when Jeff Bezos buys up all the land and outlaws anything he doesn't like, but you can't do anything about it because it's his private property and you have to rent it from him. <laughs> so yeah, that should start us off. We could talk about ANCAPs and libertarians and their affinity for police and the military, despite ostensibly opposing big government. We can talk about opposition to taxation and government programs to benefit working people, social safety nets, quote unquote, welfare, universal health care, et cetera. 
and yet again, no opposition to police and military spending. I could jump into any of those. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely spend a good amount of time on any of them, but I just, I'm, I'm going to throw a bunch out there just to see if you guys want to start in any particular direction. Uh, we could talk about the ANCAP and Libertarian to Fascist Pipeline, the origins of the Gadsden flag. I know I mentioned that the last time. Again, Thomas Sowell, I have a lot of stuff on him. And then Hans Hermann Hoppe. Sterling, you got something? I was just going to say, uh, just because Dunk had asked earlier uh, mm-hmm. about the capitalism, communism question, and I wouldn't mind putting just a super simplified difference between the two out there that might help Dunk and some of our listeners. Yeah, go for it. One of the most simple ways to think of the difference between capitalism and communism is capitalism means, I hate to use the word rule, so let's say success. Success is determined by who has the most capital, whereas in communism, success is determined by the will of the community. So if you have a lot of money, you have a lot of power within capitalism, but if you have a lot of people on your side, you have a lot of power under communism. So it's kind of, I mean, honestly, I always tell people the easiest way to understand communism is to understand democracy. To me, those are interchangeable words. I'm not a big fan of democracy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, Yeah, yeah. But there were, so there were a couple of things. The first few things that you had kind of uh, listed off, I'd be happy to, to discuss, but I did also want to just take issue with the word authority. Um, I think from your definition of capitalism, because some authority is definitely something that I'm not a fan of. Um, and so, and I know to um, somebody coming from the left that that is an oxymoron because capitalism, you know, you have authority figures, um, the boss or what have you, the owner. Um, and I see that as different than state authority. So the difference being that self-ownership basically is, is going to be the first principle that you have to understand is that you own your own self, your own body, um, and you're responsible for your own life, right? And so when you have an authority, as far as like the state, these are people that claim to be able to tell you how to live your life, what to do, what you are and are not allowed to do and what have you. Um, under capitalism, I am free to choose who my quote unquote authority figure is as far as a boss, right? I can work for myself. I can work for, you know, company A or company B or what have you. So I'm curious to see what your argument against that would be. Go ahead, Jaron. So I think the first thing to understand with capitalism is the fallacy that I see first is that there's all these different entities that you get to pick from because they're going to be competing with each other for uh, better conditions for you, right? Mm. But the thing is, is class politics supersede that myth. The country club has the same people in it, the same class of people. They may be from different companies, but when they get together at the end of the day with their scotch and their cigar, they're sitting in the same room saying, how little can we pay this person between all of us so that even if there were a choice to make, there's not really a choice to make. The differential that capitalists see in that illusion of choice is superseded by class politics. That's how it works. And there's a, if there's a backroom meeting in Washington, D.C., how many lobbyists are there versus how many trade union people are in there? That should tell you all you need yeah. to know. The entire ideology is a fallacy, and it's perpetuated by the illusion of choice. 
we can debate all day if there's choice in employment, but that still doesn't change the fact that major corporations have been lobbying to keep minimum wage down for 30 years. The only other thing I would say is like the myth of individualism. And granted, I'm pretty lib left. I think that people should have a lot of autonomy, but we also have to balance that with, we do have obligations to each other. If you get sick, there are people that think that they have an obligation to you to help make you better. And that might just save your life. We do owe things to each other. We are not islands. And thinking that way only works while you're on the upside of it or while you think there's an upside of it. As soon as the coin flips, you hope to God there are people that want to take you under their wing. Yeah. And also I wanted to say, I mean, just continuing your argument of, oh, under capitalism, you can choose your authority figure in terms of a boss. Couldn't that same argument be expanded and you can say, oh, I can choose my own representative in the like political sphere. And in that sense, then a state is totally justified using your own logic. Instead of choosing a boss, you just choose a politician or representative. So I don't know. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a logical fallacy right there. <laughs> um, my shortest explanation for why that doesn't work in practice is like, is using your own ideology, like you espouse markets. And so you should understand the principles of markets and that if like all the employers in an area where anybody could sell their labor uh, feasibly, like you can commute to any job in that area, will have similar working conditions and similar wage conditions because that's how markets work. Um, Because if one employer raises their wages, then all the other employers are incentivized to do the same thing. But likewise, if they have low wages or, or shitty working conditions, then there is not the incentive for other employers to have anything better. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I got a question for Dunk, and I'm not trying to turn this into uh, an argument back and forth and let's see who's right here. Like that, That's going to happen, buddy. That, it's going to happen. But that's, <laughs> that's really not what we do here. But I, I do kind of have a question. And my thing is, when I look at the government, I, I know some anarchists and libertarians kind of have a different view of what the government is. I look mm-hmm. at the government as a tool of the capitalist, whereas I think... Some anarchists and most libertarians look at capitalist as a tool of the government. And I think that's kind of where we have a disconnect. So my question is, what is the difference in what we have now? And if we were to completely do away with the state and basically let Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos come together and more or less create their own state? Sure. Okay. So for one thing, again, kind of going back to this belief in authority, um, the state has uh, what's called a monopoly on violence. And so people believe that the state and their agents, uh, the police or what have you, are allowed to commit violence on other people. And that's okay because they're acting on behalf of the state to carry that over. If you had mixed soldiers coming down the, the road from McDonald's and they're, you know, killing people on the streets, that is not seen as okay. Nobody, nobody's okay with that, right? But how can you stop it unless you have enough wealth to hire your own security force to counter it? Yeah, okay, that's a fair argument. Um, I would say that guns are definitely, obviously, I know that you guys are all, are for the most part, pro-gun. Yes. So, I mean, I think guns are the, the number one thing to prevent tyranny, um, whether it's tyranny of a corporation or tyranny of a state, um, which I would argue that corporations in their sense that they are now are part of the state I don't believe that corporations would exist in the same way that they do now without the state because corporations using the state siphon money from the taxpayers for these bailouts 
for, you know, these contracts and things. Um, and they use state soldiers to get their, their resources and, and wealth. So I think that um, without taxpayers propping up these mega corporations and without this belief that the soldiers that represent the state are acting morally because they represent the state, um, these corporations wouldn't, wouldn't be the size that they are today. I just don't think that they would be able to get away with that type of thing. Now, is that to say that they couldn't try? Sure. Anybody could try. I mean, there's gangs now, you know, there's cartels and, you know, what have you that exist uh, simultaneously with the state. So you're always going to have to worry about gangs, about um, criminal organizations. That's never going to go away. I don't know if that was just a completely incoherent rant. No, no, it's good. <laughs> I just wanted to see if anybody else had anything before I jumped in. Well, yeah, no, no, I, I will say, I, I think that the issue here is that we, we kind of agree with you, right? It's just that, again, it's like, I think that the way we would phrase it is like vice versa the way you would. Because I think that most of us view the government as the kind of like useful middleman between corporations and people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so when you kind of talk about like corporations renting out armies, like I agree, I think that's a major problem. And that's kind of why in a lot of ways I do sometimes lean more like lib left because I don't necessarily trust like a government to always act in the interests of its people. But like, I don't think that the problem is the government <laughs> more so than capitalism as a whole. Um, mm. So yeah, so yeah, I, I just want to say that we do seem to like agree with you. And I think that a lot of us too, were kind of, um, I, I don't want to like imply that you'll get to where we were, but I know that I was kind of, I looked at the world the way you did and I don't anymore. And so mm. I, I, yeah, so I just think that there's common ground we can find here. <laughs> Yeah, I was a huge like fan of Ron Paul in 08 myself. <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to go with uh, Jaron and then Sterling. I saw you had something as well. Let's go in that order. Let, let's just let Jaron have it. He's smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all I was going to say is like two things. Like first off, when we're looking at libertarian ideologies, because I've, I've read the whole Austrian school people, you know, Murray Rothbard and Mises. Mm-hmm. And that stemmed from Ron Paul reading in the Fed. And like, you know, you read something about fractional reserve banking and you're like, oh man, this is really fucked up. And that's still true. That's completely true. Fractional reserve banking is horrible. Bailouts are horrible. There are a couple of fiscal libertarian points that I do still agree with. However, I think that looking at the U.S. government as a model of how a government would be in perpetuity as a source of public agency is kind of silly. That's a terrible barometer for what a government should be. Much like you're saying what we are seeing currently from capitalists is a terrible barometer for what you perceive capitalism to be. Um, Therefore, neither one of these things have existed correctly. But one thing that I will say is like an ideal government is one that can not only represent people, but supply a safety net for them. So if we were to have this capitalist utopia, wherein there is no regulatory agency for anything. And don't get me wrong, some regulations piss me off. I'm a small business owner. But like, I like having a beer without worrying about having to go blind. I like getting on a plane and not worrying if one of the doors <laughs> is going to fly the fuck off and I'm going to get stuck into the like, stratosphere. You know, sometimes regulations are a good thing. And the libertarian right is so obsessed with deregulation that it becomes a weird mantra and it completely supersedes and overlooks the fact that a lot of times corporations actually sponsor regulation that benefits them. They play both sides of the coin. Right. Yep. 
I will say that, Jaron, that very last thing you said is actually a libertarian argument. Um, I remember reading some like ANCAP material and they were saying that it's actually an argument against government regulation because corporations like Walmart will sponsor a regulation that they know will put their smaller competitors out of business that they can easily hire somebody to comply with. Right. But there's a very, very easy, easy fix for that. And that's don't allow lobbying. That's literally all you have to do. That's it. No private enterprise in government. Done. So Which, that is you know, not a libertarian talking point. That's a, that's a talking point for abolishment of capitalism. Yeah. I mean, it gets you into the territory of saying you want to take money out of politics, which like sounds so like preschool to me because it's like, how could <laughs> yeah. you think that that could even be possible in a capitalist system is like where money equals power. Like you're never going to get the money out of politics. And when I see people espousing that position, I just want to, I just shake my head or I laugh at them because it just seems juvenile, but uh, go ahead, Dunk. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say about about taking lobbying out of um, politics, you know, that would be great, but I don't see how you can demand of the politicians to do as you as you say, you know, like we can vote or w- what have you, but ultimately they're going to do what they want to do and the people with the power are going to do what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I will say that, like, again, I feel like you're not alone in this and if you want to look at the way that at least in the beginning, the like USSR operated in that capacity, like having people to actually represent their interests. I think that that is a more like base level condition that people would like to meet that kind of transcends whether you're on the left or the right. And yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's an easy answer. I don't, I can't point toward like a government that's ever perfectly answered the people's demands. But I think that like America's further from that than like more leftward countries. I agree with that. Now, let me see if I can get into uh, some of the notes here. We'll start talking about some of the topics that I brought tonight. Okay. So I would like to start with the ANCAP and libertarian two fascist pipeline. I don't have a whole ton on it, but I do have, I think it's going to tie in well to all the stuff that I do have about Hans Hermann Hoppe, who is like a uh, ANCAP kind of like thought leader. Sorry, go ahead, Don. I was just going to say um, the ANCAP to fascist um, pipeline is exactly why I stopped calling myself an ANCAP, actually. Well, good. Um, I, I used to have a, a different Instagram account um, several years ago, and I, my name was ANCAP Revolution. <laughs> um, and <laughs> at that time, at that time was was when that that whole pipeline was was actually really big, honestly, in in the liberty sphere. Um, I think a lot of that has died down. Really? Because I'm not seeing that. At least the people, the people that are, let me, let me put it this way. The people that are fascists are not calling themselves libertarians and ANCAPs in the way that they were at that time. The community, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I would agree with that. They're definitely going more mask off in recent years, yeah. for sure. But that's the reason why I stopped calling myself an ANCAP at, at, at that time. And, and now I'm just more, you know, I, I consider myself less so of an ANCAP, and, which is why I just call myself an anarchist. But at that time, there was a lot of people that called themselves, you know, anarcho-capitalists that were, you know, talking about Pinochet and, and shit like that. And um, that's not, um, <laughs> that's not anarchism. So, yeah. Right. Anyway. Um, but so as I said in the last episode, it is very telling that people who proudly fly Gaston flags, which is, you know, for anybody unfamiliar, it's that black snake on a yellow field with the caption, don't tread on me underneath. It's telling that you see them march side by side with neo-Nazis, KKK members, Proud Boys, Three Percenters every other type of far right and white nationalist group. And they have nothing but hate for leftists, socialists, black and indigenous or LGBTQ orgs, despite their insistence that anarcho-capitalism 
is only about removing government regulation and tyranny. Um, I would say that, you know, if you actually care about removing tyranny and government overreach, then you should care very much about policing of communities of color and the way that, you know, the government actually enacts systemic racism. But typically the stance when I encounter libertarians is that they deny that systemic racism even exists. And they will rely on the traditional right-wing arguments of why it looks like there's systemic racism and blame it on the communities of color themselves and say that they're just breaking the law. And then you get into the phrenology territory as always, you know, you get the 1350 memes. And I would say at the root of this, the reason is that anarcho-capitalists and libertarians do support the state in some ways, and they just see it as a tool to be used against leftists, however begrudgingly they may want to use it. I saw this best summed up in a comment on a subreddit that is now banned. Um, it was our physical removal, and that gets into the uh, Hans Hermann Hop territory. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with uh, physical removal, Dunk? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm again. I'm not super well read, but I'm not a huge fan of Hoppe. So. Yeah, but you've heard the concept I, before. Yeah, and and again, I like. I like some of his stuff, but definitely not, oh, no. um, not, big on the, not big on the physical removal um, yeah. portion for sure. So for so. anybody unfamiliar, physical removal is literally the concept of just physically removing anybody who disagrees with your ideology. So anybody left of like Ron Paul would be taken up in a helicopter and dropped out of it, you know, a la Pinochet. Mm -hmm. um, so from <laughs> the our physical... <laughs> What's that? Sorry. This is where all the free helicopter this, ride memes come the, from. The words left of Ron Paul just... That was <laughs> um, so like I said, I saw this position summed up the best on a comment on that subreddit. And somebody said, quote, I hate the state. I just hate commies more. And that's really what it comes down to. Like, they're fine with the state as long as it's like, used against the people that they don't like. Like It was so simple and it was so good. Um, so this is the simplest way I can explain the seemingly contradictory alliance between ANCAPs or libertarians and fascists or the full-on adoption of fascism by self-proclaimed anti-statists. It's basically everything anarchists say about authoritarian communists, namely that they are adopting authority to murder anyone they don't like, and their claims that they will relinquish that authority at some later point are disingenuous, except in the case of ANCAPs, this criticism is actually true. And, you know, one of the easiest things I can reference for this is if anyone has seen Liberty Hangout on Twitter, uh, Caitlin oh, Bennett's husband, like, the guy's a full-on monarchist now. Like, he's talking about, like, theocratic monarchism <laughs> and installing Donald Trump as the king of America and, you know, how God is the rightful determiner of like whatever system of government we should have and what is liberty and what is not. And it's like, uh, that sounds like they just go mask off. Like, <laughs> I, I will just say, um, sorry to interrupt. I, I will just say that uh, Liberty Hangout gets a lot of hate amongst um, people that would consider themselves, you know, quote unquote, real libertarians mm -hmm. or a real anarcho-capitalist or what have you. Uh, yeah. We, we don't like a Liberty hangout too much either. So they get, they get shit on pretty often. So mm, I must not be hanging out in libertarian space enough <laughs> to see that, but uh, did you have something, Ethan? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, we talked about this a bit the last episode and I was on a lot of Reddit, <laughs> which is not good for my health, but I think that the reason that I tend to agree with you, Mike, is that it seems to me as though like anarcho-capitalists don't really like have an ideology that is like they don't have a plan. Right. So I think that like maybe leftists oftentimes have too much of a plan and they're like too busy working out how everything's going to work and like things just get worse. Um, and I think that's the opposite problem. And I think that if you like read fascism as a kind of reaction against leftism, um, as opposed to anything else, I kind of view anarcho-capitalism in the same way. It just seems very like reactionary. 
Um, and I think that like reactionary ideologies, whether they're on the left or the right, although I think it's pretty rare to see them on the left. It's just that it's very easy to um, to give up the things that you believe in when your politics are just based on a reaction to other things. Um, and so that's kind of how I've always seen it is that when push comes to shove, like people on the lib right will kind of turn off right to prevent leftism because like they would rather not have communism than have whatever it is they want. Um, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just don't, I haven't like cracked the code on what people on the like lib right want, but it was very hard for me to tell. So this is my big problem with that particular political quadrant. Granted, I have many, but this is the one I'm thinking of, I guess. But um, so in the, in the fall of Rome and transfer into feudal societies, the feudal lords-to-be typically gained their power from one of two things, which was either called landed wealth or coined wealth. And landed wealth meant that they controlled property. They were typically old Roman aristocrats. Um, you know, so even after the empire fell, they retained large swaths of land. Or they had coined wealth, which meant they controlled parts of the old economy. They were in charge of you know, banking institutions, trade routes, things like that. So when the empire fell, these feudal societies were under control of these regional lords that were already the aristocracy of Rome because they controlled either landed wealth or coined wealth. When capitalism was made, these things built into monarchies over time. When capitalism was made, let's just say conservatively after the French Revolution, Generally, these groups of people still retain their power. You know, we got rid of crowns of Europe, but we didn't get rid of the big movers and shakers of trade and of uh, land ownership. In France, for instance, I believe 40% of the land out of the entire thing was public. And that was for, uh, I want to say like 95% of the population and a vast amount of that was still privatized within the middle classes. So capitalism was born out of inherently unfair conditions. And to this day, those who control landed wealth or coined wealth are still in control of capitalism. There is no fair or equitable or meritocratic way to redistribute that if we continue just trying the same poison to me. In fact, quite the inverse. You would have to strip people of that stuff and redistribute it to make anything equitable. I mean, for fuck's sake, uh, Elon Musk is a third generation apartheid emerald miner. Yeah. That's why he's successful. Not because he's smart, because he comes from a long line of assholes. Yeah, kind of to follow up on what Jaren said, I mean, kind of in feudal times, you had farmers who were um, owners of property. And then the reason they had to start kind of paying taxes uh, was because they needed protection from quote unquote violence. And so to and it, it's referred to as like political accumulation where monarchs would gain power by promising to protect their serfs from other violence and i feel like this is kind of exactly what will happen under anarcho-capitalism which i feel like is why to me the natural conclusion of anarcho-capitalism is kind of fascism because dunk you mentioned everybody would have guns well okay say everybody has guns what about those people that own bigger guns or machines that can create bombs or nuclear weapons when like guns <laughs> will not be enough compared to people who have access to greater like pieces of violence. Right. And so 
the more power someone gets through their capital, the bigger guns they can afford. The, and in the same way, for example, now, private companies almost pay the government to use the military. Under anarcho-capitalism, you will just pay private companies or private um, police forces or armies or whatnot to protect your property. And there's absolutely no oversight, which in my opinion is why it naturally will lead to like a military dictatorship. Yeah, warlords competing with warlords. Uh, where did you have Sterling? Jaren fucking bars bars as usual <laughs> an absolute pleasure um, i cheated because i just wrote like a paragraph on that like really. <laughs> it's good it's good still though good. in regards to what ethan said a minute ago like you were really right i don't know if you did it intentionally but to use the term reactionary because that's what like it's not a coincidence that libertarians and incaps side with right-wingers like reactionaries and we call them reactionaries for a reason and i feel like we could do a good amount of discussion on the term reactionary and how it applies to the modern day because the way i understand it is that like every time there is an attempt to redress some kind of what do you call it aggression on the part of the state or some systemic ill that's going on in society the reactionaries just react to that and like to give an example it's like when you have systemic racism that's causing a discrepancy in wages and hiring, um, and then you have something like affirmative action, then the reactionaries are there to say, actually, the affirmative action is the racism. You know what I mean? Like, they, they say that, like, um, <laughs> actually, the uh, measures to make police uh, more accountable and to stop harassing minorities is racism. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's always there. You know, any, they say feminism is actually sexism. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting the point across, I hope. Like, that's what reactionaries do, is that they take anything that was meant to be a good measure and say that that is actually the aggression, uh, even though it was meant to undo an aggression. That's really all I wanted to comment on. Antifa are the real fascists, bro. Exactly. God yes. damn it. God <laughs> damn it. And I've noticed, like, people who are the same people who are saying, like, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, like, they're also the ones saying that like black people are the real racists. Like they say that shit all the time. They're like, you know, black people are more racist than white people. I'm like, I don't know of the black KKK. Like it doesn't fucking exist. There is no like anti-white organization comprised of black people. Like it does not fucking exist. But everyone knows of the KKK. They're, they're in every state. Go ahead, Sterling. If Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, then that means the majority of your country is racist by definition. Because if what they're about is you know that much of a minority then that means the majority of your country is racist like even making that statement to me is mask off yeah i'm gonna grab a beer don't uh don't say anything like super poignant while i'm gone um i'd love to like ask a question should we wait for mike or can i just nah, say fuck it go okay. For it. okay well i mean mostly to dunk <laughs> but i'd be very interested because um again i think this is kind of what i've been hinting at we talked a lot about this last week I'm kind of confused about like, I mean, again, you wouldn't call yourself an ANCAP, but anarchists who move to the right at all. I'm kind of confused <laughs> on <laughs> almost like a person to person level. Like what about that ideology makes it seem as though you'd have like a good life? You know what I mean? Because like when I like the reason I'm drawn to being on the left is that like my life feels bereft in some ways i feel as though like i'm alienated from a lot of things and i want to be more connected to that to like the world to nature to other people and that's what like really drove my politics to where they are now um but like when i read ancap 
literature or just people who are ANCAPs talk back and forth, it seems as though what drives them is kind of like a mistrust of other people and like a hatred of other people. And I don't want to like think that because I feel like that's unfair. So I'd be curious, Dunk, about like what drives you toward your beliefs? That's a great question. Um, sometimes I do hate people, but not always. <laughs> I also <laughs> love people at times. <laughs> but I can I think, respect I mean, that. Yeah, I think most people can relate to that. But um, I think mostly it's just a rejection of authority. And again, obviously we have different definitions of what authority is, but it's just the freedom to do as I please as long as I'm not harming anybody else is basically, that's, that's my main goal in life um, is for each person to be able to do as they please so long as they're not harming anybody else. And again, we'll probably is have oppression, what harm is. Is oppression not harm though? I don't, I, I don't see a free market as being an oppressive system. So, and so I, just from my standpoint, you know, that's, that's not um, an oppressive system. So then I, I guess that in, in my mind renders that last question invalid. <laughs> can I, can I bounce off of that response? No, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, if there, let's just say that, you know, we can make as much insulin as we want, right? How is not giving that to people who need it or they will die for free, not violent? How is it not violent? Right. In a, in a free market scenario, presumably no one's going to want to give that away for free. Right. You're post-scarcity. Like you have so like you have more than you need. plenty and people will actually die without it. So how mm-hmm. is a situation like that in the quote free market not violent? I don't know that I would say that it's violent. They're going um, to die, dude. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But what I'm saying is that to me, violence is a, is taking a physical, physical action, not withdrawing or refusing to take action. Okay. What about if there was a guy from the company with the vial in his hand in front of the diabetic <laughs> waggling it under on like a fishing rod? Is that violent yet? Is it violent? No. But would I be against that person taking that in that <laughs> circumstance to save their life? No, I wouldn't. Well, you and I differ there because to me, that's all of it is violent as shit. Systemic violence is violence. Well, just as a kind of like follow up off of that, because again, it's just interesting to like <laughs> talk to people who don't view the world the way that you do. Um, totally. So <laughs> if you're kind of born through no fault of your own to be worse off than another person, in your opinion, is that just like too bad? Um, because right, because like if you are diabetic type, is type one the one that's genetic? I can never remember. Yeah, type um, one. Yeah. And so like through no fault of your own, you need help and it's not being offered to you. Um, is that just like too bad? Kind of? Is that just like the way that the world works, in your opinion? Not uh yeah, in a sense, yes. And basically this goes back to self-ownership and being the sole person that's responsible for your own life. Um, I don't think that anybody owes anybody anything simply for existing in the same vicinity as them. So to basically like a, an example would be, let's say the two people are on a desert Island. I know this is ridiculous, but let's just go with it for a second. Um, There's, there's a tall banana tree and uh, you're able to get up and and grab a banana. um, But the other person is not. Should I give part of the banana to the other person or am I an asshole if I don't? Of course, I probably should. 
but does that person, is that owed to that other person to be able to take that banana from me just because I was able to get it and they weren't? If it comes down to my survival or somebody else's, it's always going to be my own survival. All right, we've got a lot of hands up. I do have, just real quick, oh my God. Do you actually have something more? Or are you just talking about that? Oh, no, I got something. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick, because I've been holding on to this for a minute, but then we will go with Sterling, then Jaron, and then Ward. But so my example for this situation would be externalities. Like that's the whole reason I even came up with the idea to talk about plastics and like Teflon, things like asbestos and all the stuff that we talked about in like episode six, which is like, you have companies who do things like in the pursuit of profits and without knowing it or sometimes knowing it and they do it anyway, they harm millions and millions of people. Like there's plastic in everyone's body right now because companies have done this and they didn't have any kind of care or what the consequences were long-term or even short-term. And there's no method in capitalism to really redress that. Like they have power, they have money. And the best thing I've heard ANCAPs come up with as a compensation or like a redress for that is to have bundled services, like companies that also exist just to hold other companies accountable for doing this kind of thing. But then that still only helps people who can afford to pay that company to hold every other company accountable. So you're just in this endless loop of like constantly paying and then even having to be aware of the damage that was done to you, which can also be hidden if collusion is a thing, which it is in a capitalist system. So then the companies could pay off the companies that are supposed to hold them accountable. It just turns into a big mess. And to me, it just does not seem realistic uh, as opposed to just having democratic control of a state body, people who are elected to represent you. And the solution would be to have more democratic control and more transparency in the government rather than to just have private ownership of all these supposed bodies that hold other companies and stuff accountable. But like I said, let's go with Sterling, Darren, and then Ward. And then Dunk, if you want to just try to remember the externalities point and try to respond to that. <laughs> this is going to turn into a mess, I'm sure, but we'll, we'll go for it. Um, it. It's funny. What, what you just said is very similar to what I was going to say. But so my thing is a lot of regulations exist as a response to a real world issue. For example, you're like a large company can't just keep hiring white people without somebody showing up uh, from the government and, you know, now asking what's going on. You know, we have regulations in place where they basically have to hire people of color and they have to show that on paper. That's why every time you fill out an employment application, it asks ethnicity, race, et cetera, so that they know whether or not they're meeting these margins that are required of them. So if you were to do away with that regulation, a lot of these companies would honestly, as fucked up as it is, just hire white people because due to our settler and colonial country, it does create that impression that that company is, if they were to just hire white people, may not turn off some consumers like some other companies would. Like, look, I'm, I'm from the South down here and I, I promise you, I have family members that if they make a phone call to a support line and it's someone who is obviously from India or has any type of accent that is not from the fucking mountains of just hang up. Pakistan. <laughs> like they want a manager on the phone immediately Damn. and they lose their shit. And a lot of these larger companies know that. They know that hiring like a whole fucking staff of white people is going to actually have an impact on their bottom line. So my question here is. Is that a regulation we really want to give up? Because we know what the outcome is. It's that for the next several years, all companies would hire white people over people of color. 
And then after a period of time, it would basically turn those other races into subcategories of human. I mean, we are fighting to remedy the eugenics that this country created and to remove some of those regulations would, in my opinion, quite literally impose the same eugenics we're trying our fucking damnedest to make up for. Fucking based. Um, yeah, let me try to... Uh, I'm honestly forgetting what you had even said before him. I'm sorry. Um, the externalities me, thing, like when companies pollute and infect millions of people with some kind of like, you know, non-biodegradable byproduct of something. It's like, mm-hmm. like I said, the only way I've heard ANCAPs even address that is like another private company that holds those companies accountable, but that can easily be corrupted as well. But I mean, whatever you want to respond to is fine. So I know that there's an idea and this is not one that I'm super familiar with. And this is actually why I can't um, just strictly call myself again an anarcho-capitalist because there is this idea of free market court systems. And to me, that does sound a bit outlandish. And, um, you know, maybe if I have some more time to research into that and listen to this theory, you know, perhaps that could change my mind, maybe not. But that's definitely something that I've heard as far as like a redress of grievances is that you can, you know, go to a court system with a judge that is reputable. And um, if you have a judge that's making poor rulings in favor of, you know, people that are obviously doing wrong, then that judge would no longer have uh, people wanting to go to him. Again, this is not something I'm super familiar with, and I'm probably doing a terrible job of explaining that. So I'm just going to move on to Jaren's um, point about... Um, Sterling. Oh, excuse sorry. me. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Sterling's point about deregulation, as specifically as far as uh, hiring people of color. Um, I don't think in the world that we live in right now, that would be the case um, across a broad spectrum. I think right now the biggest push for equality or, or for uh, at least in a racial sense or what have you is from these huge corporations that are pushing all of this um, stuff in the media of, you know, inclusion and what have you. So it kind of seems to me like that's actually something that's very popular right now. I think especially, I mean, sitting here looking at most of you all look like you're probably white. Um, I'm white. And so like, that's not something that's cool with me. That's not something that's cool with you. And so when we demand that, you know, people be treated fairly and justly, the market, again, will try to accommodate for what we want. Um, I also do think that it's also being used as a tool to steer people on the left away from their true enemy of, of you know, these mega corporations. I think that they're using the woke politics to steer, you know, people away from that and focus solely on race um, when there are other issues at hand. But I'd agree with you on that point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe not quite the way that you like phrased it, but yeah, maybe not. I think we agree. <laughs> oh, go ahead. How can you accuse it, these mega corporations of trying to like mislead the left, but at the same time argue for capitalism in these mega corporations? That's yeah. Okay, that's a that's a fair point. Um, again, I think that these are people that are seeking power again. So I don't think that, that every person in a, in a capitalist society wouldn't try to seek power, but when you have the force of the state behind you to get that power is different um, because people again, believe in the state's authority. I guess that's always kind of going to be my, my point, but to real quickly get back to Sterling's point of um, if we would want to get rid of that regulation, I would say I am against just about any regulation that 
forces anybody to do business with anybody else in any sort of capacity. So I am against, you know, a, for instance, the, the big one was the Christian cake baker that um, wouldn't want to. Everybody always brings up. Yeah, it, of course. It's the big one. Um, I am not in favor of forcing a Christian cake baker to bake a cake um, for a gay couple. Do I think he's a dick for not doing it? Yes. But I also wouldn't force a black person to bake a cake for the KKK. At the same token, if somebody only wants to hire white people, I think that's their business and they should be free to do so. And I also think if people only want to hire black people or Asian people or trans people or what have you, that's their business to do so. Go ahead. I just, I actually really like that analogy. I really like that. I also, no, 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 no. Let me just, let me finish. Let me finish. (laughs) I really like that analogy where he says, I also wouldn't ask a black person to bake a cake for the KKK. That is a great rebuttal to that. But at the same time, I don't believe the fucking KKK should exist and that should be extort. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that scenario should actually come up because I think that should be fucking illegal as hell. But I, honestly, I hadn't heard anyone use that line before and that, that's a very good rebuttal. And Can I just I say why that's a terrible analogy. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's wait a minute. <laughs> All right. Before I've often like, thought the gays were the KKK. I really use them all the time. Oh man! <laughs> um, like, do not let me forget. Like, I know Jaron, you had something, and then Ward, you had something as well. But so we will go to, and I think Nino, you now have something. But I just want to say the reason I think that that's a fucking terrible analogy, and this is what I say to a lot of right wingers that I encounter, is that it's a difference between immutable and mutable characteristics, and that's mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest differences between the left and the right is like. Right-wingers hate people like openly for being black or for being gay or for being trans or for being things that they literally have no fucking control over. Whereas leftists yeah. hate people for being Nazis, fascists, <laughs> racists, like assholes that they could easily stop being. It's a choice. Like you could stop adopting that ideology. You could change your mind. You could stop being a fucking dickhead. You could stop being a fascist and we will not bash your teeth in. But people cannot stop being gay. They cannot stop being black. And that is the biggest difference. And why you cannot even make the analogy for making black people bake a cake for the KKK because KKK people could stop being Klan members, but black people cannot stop being black. Go ahead, Don. Can I just respond that? Yeah, of um, course. I I see your point and why that was a terrible analogy and and that, you know, point taken. Um, But in any circumstance, I think that nobody should be forced to do business with any other person, regardless of, of what their reasoning behind it is. I mean, if somebody walks into my business and I just don't like their face, I should be free to say, you know, get out of my business. Does that make me a dick? Yeah. And I would hope that that person would go and, you know, tell other people not to go in there because this person's shitty. And no, I get that. I'm just saying wait, that wait, wait. I don't think it's a coincidence that right-wingers always sympathize with the people who are discriminating people based on characters they have no control over, whereas left-wing mm-hmm. people are called discriminators for discriminating against people who are choosing to be dickheads. Uh, go ahead, Sterling, and then yeah, Ward. I, I know we have a list, but just really quick, uh, Dunk, what is the difference in what you're describing and just regulation? I mean, what is the difference in the state saying, it's not legal for you to do that, and you saying, well, if someone does that, I would hope that that consumer would go to the community and rally the community behind them to basically do the exact same thing that the regulation would have done. I mean, that is regulation. In a sense, yeah. But again, the regulation of the state has the, the state's agents behind it. 
and the belief that those people can come in with guns and close your business if you are not doing as they say. Whereas the the free markets version of regulation would be that people just stop shopping from that shop. But what if like people came in with guns just in a like free market way? That chill. Because honestly, that's kind of like in a sense. I mean, sense, literally, like, drug sense, cartels do that all the time. Yeah, you can't <laughs> sell on certain turf because they'll come fuck you up. Yeah, so, like that's you know, and that's a deregulated market. That's why it works that way. And then when you regulate the market and make legal drugs for people, that sort of crime magically goes down. Yeah. Like that's advocating for like turf wars between McDonald's and Burger King. That would make lunch really stressful, man. Like, um, I do have to go in a second, though. So if you don't mind, I just want to, to yeah, mention Please get this to the thing quick. that we've been like putting off for like 10 minutes. No, it's, it's, like, it's philosophical bullshit. And this is from like, I think people rely on the term anarchist for a variety of reasons. But like, obviously, I have to say my piece about this and then I got to bounce. But the majority of anarchists have been it's been left-wing politics and the closest that we've gotten to anything on the right side is people like Max Stirner who championed individualism. And even with Stirner's take on individualism, he surmised that recognizing your individual self would lead to the kind of altruism that makes you want to help fellow man. So I would say the thesis of anarchism for me is um, using your island analogy. If Mm -hmm. I stole all the bananas and started choking on one, I hope other homeboy wouldn't be too pissed off at me to help me do the Heimlich. Um, We aren't born free. We are born into slavery. We're born into the need to eat food, to have water, to have a place to sleep, a whole variety of emotional needs. We are not free at all, far from it when we're born. And the only way to have a lessened amount of slavery in our life is to have these necessities provided to us somehow. Of course, you know, many times we need our own effort to do this, but in order to lessen each other's slavery, that is the kindest thing that you can do is, is try to, you can't remove your brother's chains, but you can help hold them. I think individualism is bullshit for that reason. We do need each other. I know I've already said it before, but it's like, I haven't met a single person who claims this individualist stuff that knows how to make uh, Western medicine that we need, who knows how to cook, who knows how to make their own house, who knows how to run sewage and plumbing who knows how to do everything that a society has done for them. And usually they'll just, you know, sit there and say, I'm responsible for myself while using these things that society has made for them. And I'm not disparaging them for doing so. We all need that society. And anarchists recognize this traditionally. That's called mutual aid. And it's kind of a cornerstone of the whole ideology. Ours. I would just want to say real quick, like, I know you got to go, Jaron, but if you could just stick around for this one last thing. Everyone should check out Philosophy Tubes. I think it was like a six-part series on what was liberalism. And she gets into the transformation of liberalism into neoliberalism. And she does a really good job debunking libertarianism in the first couple uh, videos of it. Basically, like the crux of it is that at some point in their lives, everyone needs care. Whether it's when you're a child and you're helpless and you cannot care for yourself, or whether it's when you're very old and you cannot care for yourself again, or if it's anywhere in the middle or your entire life because you were born with what we consider a disability. Uh, People need that at some point. And what is the function of a society if it is not to provide that for people who need it? Because just because you are not able to care for yourself doesn't make you any less human. And I think that is the difference between the right and the left. Again, 
right libertarians are perfectly happy to let people who are not able to care for themselves starve and die, whereas even left libertarians uh, are not happy with that outcome. But Jaron, if you have to go, I just wanted to see if you had anything to respond to that with or whatever. I mean, the, the only thing that, from my understanding anyway, is, you know, a lot of people that subscribe to like the Austrian economics mindset or, you know, uh, lib right, as we call it, want to say that there's a variety of ways that the free market can fill in these gaps. And, you know, at the end of the day, these things are motivated by profit motive. If they don't think that it's profitable to house homeless people or to give out insulin or to provide disability, then they're just not going to do it. And, you know, the response that I would expect to that is like, oh, they'll do it for altruism and for the public to look at them in a better light. And it's like, okay, maybe, but why would I want to hinge someone's life on that assumption when the materials to help them are right there? It seems like going around your ass to get to your elbow, to be honest. (laughs) All right. Do you have to go? Yeah, I got to bounce. But anyway, thanks for talking to you. Peace out, Jerry. Um, Nice to meet you, man. Hold on. I got you, man. I do want to see Ward. I've held you up for at least 20 minutes now. Did you want to go with the thing that you had way before? Yeah, it like ties Jaren's thing ties perfectly into my point about Bananas Island. Yeah, Um, banana. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace out, y'all. See you, Jaren. Yeah. And so like for me, the biggest thing is like your view is relying on inherent mistrust of others and also the other person not having any skills at all because they can't reach a banana, which like it sounds good because <laughs> it's in a vacuum. No, it's a but, yeah, but like it just it just goes to show like like how you have an internal bias of mistrust towards others. And so like just I feel like you need to overcome that and just get to the point where you're having you're starting to question and realize, oh, we are stronger together as a people and not as individuals. All right, let's go, uh, Ethan, Nino, and then Dunk. We've been holding you up for a while. I'm sure you have some responses to a lot of these things, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I would say, Ward, that like overcoming that is like literally the difference between being on the right and on the left, right? Like when you really get down to it, um, you can talk about how like one is, one is logical, one is right. Like you feel as though the world makes sense when you're on the left, which is nice. But I feel like right-wingers bring up a good point where they're like, how is it all going to work? I think when you really get down to it, like people on the left should be very open about just being like, because I trust other people. And I don't think it's a bad thing. But like, I just think that like to accept, <laughs> like to trust other people um, is like a major political choice. And I don't, I, yeah, so... As a tanky, I have a solution for you. It's re-education camps. <laughs> I'm so mad we didn't name the podcast Banana Island now and then like use a banana in like the, the sickle and hammer logo with like a banana oh, and a hammer. Oh, that was so good. It was so good. So good. We might have a brand change coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. Also, I... I do want to say that if you really don't want to be part of society, I feel like that's way more compatible with left-wing anarchism than right-wing anarchism. Because under left-wing anarchism, if you don't choose to cooperate with the society, there's truly no way of forcing you to. You could just leave the society and not you know, choose to work with your community or whatever. And there would be literally 
nothing forcing you to do anything. Versus if your mode of economic production is capitalism, then already you're not free. You're forced to produce profit or like sell your labor in some way to have money, to have protection. And that's already like, you can't just live in the woods, do as you want, own your property. Also because capitalism depends on like exponential um, expansion. And so what are you going to do if you own your nice little house and you own your nice little property and a big company comes and they're like, we like this water source that you have. And they come with a huge army because they can afford it. And you have your tiny little gun um, and you're like, no, you're just not allowed to do that. But there's also no formal law. <laughs> um, and law is a very subjective thing. And there's private companies that arbitrate law and the private companies are also profit based. And so then therefore the motivation of the private arbitrators of the quote unquote law which again what is law if not just very subjective words that you can interpret in whatever way that is like suited for that situation um what is that private arbitrator going to do then to side with the bigger company that can pay them more money than you as a little property owner and so in that case you're either forced off of your land or you're forced to sell your land forced to engage in a contract and so in that case, under capitalism, I, I don't understand how you can have the concept of ever being free in the same sense that you would under left-wing anarchism. I it just, I can't wrap my hand around it. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Dunk. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which um, angle I want to go at uh, first. So um, I will say, so I'm not sure if any of you all have ever read or at what I did was listen to... Um, this is crazy. Uh, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto. Have you? A Ted build. I like it. I've read so, it. So this is something. The that one only... walks away from Omelas. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is only something I, I've read or I, I listened to recently, and and um, but it kind of a lot of the things that he said about technology and you know as you pointed out about capitalism is you know constantly growing. I, I think part of me really leans a lot more towards like and I haven't done a lot of reading into it, but like a anarcho primitive primitivism in that I, I think that technology honestly is one of the major things that we have going against freedom in that so long as technology continues to grow, we have to adapt to that technology. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to go away under capitalism or communism or any other um, ism necessarily um, what to do about that. I, I couldn't say, I don't know. Um, but that's just kind of a, a response at least to the exponential growth thing that you're saying of what happens when they come around and, and want to take my land or, or what have you. I think that's more of a, more of a symptom of just the entire, everything after the industrial revolution, basically. I don't know if any of that made sense now that I'm listening to myself, but um, I wanted to say one thing about um, working, you know, along with other people. I'm not opposed to people working together. I think that people do work better together as much as I would love to go live out in the woods. Uh, Jaron made a good point and it's, he's not here anymore, but he did make a good point that I, I don't know how to take care of myself out in the woods. Absolutely not. Because I grew up in this country where I had everything, you know, pretty much handed to me by the system that's in place as so many other people do that I didn't have a chance to learn those skills. And so I would, my ideal world, and, and this is like getting into utopian dreams or, or what have you, but I would see something much more similar to like an Amish community minus the religious, um, the Amish nonsense and, and, and what have you. But 
just smaller, smaller communities that can work together, um, whether it be in more of a market economy or whether it be more of a commune type of system, but people being free to just kind of be in this smaller group setting, I, I think is much better for human interaction in general. Go ahead. Closer to communism than you, re- than you realize. Yeah. Yeah, that's really close it's to like communism. Mutual, no, he's, that's almost he's exactly mutualism. You're an anarcho-syndicalist. <laughs> yeah. But I, I believe which is inherently anti-capitalist. <laughs> but I believe in private property. And that's another thing too is, so the thing about self-ownership is that if I do work, um, I should reap the reward of that work. And, and I know that people... Yeah, so, we yeah, agree. So, right, right. <laughs> but, but if I agree to work in a factory for somebody else who, you know, had the capital to make that factory, but did you really agree if you had no other choice? Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's the other place down the road or, or what have you. No, right? but if, if the only options are factories, like you really didn't have a choice. If your choice was to work for the, one of those factory owners or starve, that's not much of a choice. Well, again, getting back to, to the whole living in the woods situation, I mean, I think that people for centuries, eons, have lived without all of the technology and the things that we have now. And I think that people should be more self-sufficient and stop yeah. relying on technology, stop relying on other I'm telling you, buddy, you're an anarcho-syndicalist. You probably just don't realize it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll read more into it. I'll definitely um, read more into that. I, I mean, I'm just going to say, I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. You know, this is something I said on your podcast, Nino and Ethan, that a lot of people, especially here in, in America, walk around with the idea that every government system has been tried and they all failed because there was something inherently wrong with them. And they have this idea that we should do something completely different than anything that's ever been done before. And they personally probably have the idea for what that is, even if they can't flesh it out entirely, if they can't, even if they can't describe it. And to me, it just seems like, I mean, I definitely walked around like that for a long time as well. But then I started to think how arrogant that is to, to assume that of all the political and ideological writers, that none of them has ever come up with whatever it is that you have in your mind for what you know, is the ideal way to structure society. And I feel like everybody should look into things before they even go, and go out on a limb and say that, like, you know, we should try something. We should try a mix of capitalism and socialism or whatever they, you know, whatever bullshit that they say. <laughs> and so at the end of the conversation with my friend, I told him, I'm like, buddy, you're an anarcho-syndicalist. Like he described a very similar thing that you said, Duncan. He's like telling me about some communities that he visited in Canada and how they just kind of live amongst themselves and they're very you know, secluded and they're very peaceful and everybody knows each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's communism. Like if you extend that to an entire country, that's fucking communism. Like yes. where you have democratic control, you have communities, you have communism like it's based on communities and they all come together and they work as a state and i feel like a lot of people especially here in america again feel like they are probably anarcho-syndicalists and even though they don't know that term even though they don't know that like that's a thing that they could be but the reason that i would say that that doesn't really work and why i would espouse authoritarian leftism is because you could go be an anarcho-syndicalist but as long as you haven't overthrown capitalism yet the capitalists are going to come in and crush your syndicate. Like they're going to come in. They're going to say, you have a bunch of resources that we fucking want because we need endless expansion. And that's where imperialism comes in. You're basically like trying to return to what happened before capitalism started taking over the world when there were separate communities that were untouched. And I feel like that's what we say about anarcho-capitalists and libertarians is that they're trying to reinvent the wheel and they end up coming back to socialism just with different names because they end up just reinventing it from scratch. Yeah, Nina, sorry. Yeah, no problem. Um, also, if you truly want to like own the fruits of your labor, then that is very much against the capitalist mode of production. Because if there is a factory owner and his motive is to make profit, that means he can't pay you 
the true value of your work. And so you can never really own the fruits of your labor or be compensated fairly for the work you do under a capitalist system. Because for the capitalists to make a profit, they have to not pay you enough. So, right. I, yeah, no, I, I understand that argument of the, the fruits of your labor whole, you know, thing with the capitalist uh, owner of the company or what have you that's taking part of that. But to me, what it's more about is, again, this is a, you know, a voluntary exchange that I've agreed to enter into. Whereas what I'm referring more to is, is for instance, taxes. If I do something that earns me money in some regard, I don't feel that I owe to somebody else part of that. Again, this kind of goes back to the to the banana thing. If I if I pick a banana, I don't owe you part of that banana just because unless you you're a capitalist. What's that? Unless you're a capitalist, in which case, if you pick that banana, you owe forty five percent of that uh, to your superior. Well, right. But in that circumstance, I mean, then I would be obviously on land that the capitalist owns. Right. Ward, what's up, buddy? You had your face lit up. Yeah, no, he doesn't like taxes. And so like the perfect place to go is the DPRK. There's no taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, buddy. And everything's taken care of. You want a house? You fill out a form. Done. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I just don't care about taxes. Like, I agree with you on a basis because, you know, it's not fun when you get your paycheck and then you have to pay. And if you don't, they're going to, like, put you in jail. And, and, and I think that really until, like, the 80s, most, like, anti-tax belief was on the left. But, like, I just feel as though, and again, I think this is because I'm more of, like, a materialist. And so this is the way that I view the world. Like, I don't care how I'm giving up my money if... Like, if I'm giving it up, that's what's more important. And I just feel like it's not worth, like, caring about taxes, which may take, like, 10% of my paycheck versus working for a person who takes 50%. Like, I, it doesn't matter if I voluntarily entered it or not. 50% is more than 10%. And so that's kind of why, like, I just don't understand why libertarians care so much about taxes. I just don't get it. It, it, it just seems kind of like... In the long run, you should just like be a communist, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So like, especially here in the U.S., anti-tax sentiment is stirred up by Republicans, like yes. the right wing. It's lobbied for like TurboTax and like Equifat, like all those like tax companies, they lobby billions of dollars every year to prevent like legislation to make filing taxes easier. Because when it's easy to file taxes, people don't give a fuck about taxes. Well, not even don't really filing. Care. Ethan, to your question, like why libertarians care about taxes so much, it's like they've been stoked into that. Libertarian ideology was not a thing for most of this country's history. And it only came into being like, I want to say since like the 70s. And it was because corporations realized they could co-opt the language of freedom and liberty and like constitutionalism and all these values about like the founding fathers and everything. And they could use that to their advantage to get working class people on their side in false solidarity with them. And that's where you get things like the Tea Party, which was like very obviously astroturfed by these billionaire think tanks to get people, you know, exactly what the right (laughs) accuses the left of being. They accuse the left wing of being like pawns of some very wealthy people so that they can like get more government and institute Sharia law and socialism or whatever the hell they say. That is actually what is happening to the right. Like you're being co-opted and your entire ideology has been crafted, created and instilled in you 
by some very wealthy people who don't want to pay taxes. And therefore, it's profitable and advantageous for them to create this and get you to vote for things that are in their interest. Uh, let me go Sterling, Nino, and then Dunk. Yeah, mine's really quick. Uh, Adam Smith was against the division of labor. Yeah, I was going to say, I used to live in Europe, and I feel like people like pay more taxes there, and it's really not that big of a deal. It's just like a huge deal here in America. Everybody complains. And I think Richard Wolf had a really good analogy where in America, the way taxes are made is that you give people like two ice creams and then at the end of the day, you take one away. So people see like the full potential of money, quote unquote, they could have had. And then they feel like they have to pay it in taxes. So they feel like they're losing money versus in Europe. You only ever see your post tax salary. So it doesn't feel like the quote unquote government is stealing from you in the same sense that you only see the money, not the potential profits that you made to a company, but the like your salary after the wage theft. So people generally aren't as upset at companies, even though companies take way more money than taxes do because of this like really weird system. And for a company, I mean, if you have this banana lord who owns all of these banana factories, then you have to work for him. And you live in a banana republic. <laughs> and you <laughs> I like. I it. really hope y'all yeah. keep using the banana thing. <laughs> Is we will. Like, I hope that if, if nothing else, I hope that's my lasting effect on the podcast. Yeah. Like, banana memes, like. Weird. Yeah, um, I just think it's such like a purposefully designed like psychological trick here in America that's been created to like grow more industries around like tax accounting, tax laws, and support like yeah, yeah more right wing politics. I don't but. love that. I'm gonna be honest. I don't love that the European idea. Way. The European way where they're like, oh, well, you just didn't see the two ice cream cones. Like, I'm going to be honest. I didn't love that idea. I, I'd rather <laughs> see what was taken from me than to just be shown one ice cream cone and say, well, you get it all. Because then I'm just going to wonder what the Yeah, fuck. I like to see it both ways, though. I want to see, like, what value I produced for my employer and then Agreed. what I got out Agreed. of that. Agreed. And also see, like, because the European way is apparently, like, the price on the shelf, that's what you pay. It's not like $3.99 and then it ends up being like $4.17 after tax like it is here in okay. the US. Apparently, it's just the price is the price. So they don't see it both ways. They don't see what their employer takes from them. They don't see what the government takes from their paycheck and taxes. And they don't see the sales tax. I believe in transparency. Well, I will. Yeah, but across the board, though, consistently. Yes, uh, yes. Well, yeah. And just to quickly say, as the only true leftist on this podcast i just feel like one excuse me i was gonna let him have it go for it bro. i was just no, about so, to tell sterling so, he wasn't tanky enough so like once i just i just feel as though the very idea that you can look at two ice creams in the first place and be like this is mine like it's not true there's just a lot of ice creams that everyone produces and that's for everyone so okay. like yeah I ice just, cream yeah <laughs> so like i just i i just don't think there's because like money isn't real in relation to like goods and because there's like use value and all that nonsense like it's you can only gauge how much you have based on how much the community has so i don't know i just like i kind of agree with like nino that like i don't think people would care if they just didn't see that money because you wouldn't think of it as like yours in the first place because it's not really it's like no one's it's just kind of made up don't we've been holding off on you for a while go ahead if you have some no worries. I will say, yeah, money is definitely just, I mean, it's just paper, right? Especially in this country, it's not backed by anything but the faith in the system. Um, not a gold standard guy. 
violence. But as far as taxes, um, like one of the reasons why I'm so against taxes is again, you know, what's done with that money and that money is used to, you know, bomb countries and to put people in cages for so many various of things that they shouldn't be. Dude, right Okay. Home, okay. But I also am not, but I'm also against, you know, things that you guys probably agree with, you know, I'm against welfare and I'm against a lot of things like that as well. Social programs. So no, I think black people should have white slaves just for a like, few years. You know, just to set right. <laughs> I want to arm homeless people. No, I definitely want to with, do that. With tax money. <laughs> I mean, obviously. So basically, I believe in that. I just think, to be clear, like th- those two things that you two just said, like I firmly <laughs> believe in. <laughs> Dude, I wasn't joking. Like yeah, you think no. I'm joking. Neither <laughs> am I. So, um, you know, a lot of people, uh, of course, the 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 number one thing that people always ask is, well, who's going to build the roads without taxes? Well, the roads can get built without taxes being collected. And there's just not to everyone's ways. neighborhood. Maybe not. I don't know, but that's, but, but my point is that the question that, that I would have is for instance, like I said, I, I'm not a huge fan of welfare, but I mm-hmm. do occasionally try to help people in a sense of charity and what have you. And obviously charities are not the shining star that they pretend to be. Agreed. Um, but the the question is, you know, if I if I don't believe in welfare, but perhaps most of you guys do, would you, in a free society where you're free to decide where your money goes, would you not give money to the people that you so much care about and care about helping and being in that community? Would you not pay for the services that you really care about? The fire department, for instance, everybody wants the fire department to exist. Everybody wants to have their house saved from a fire. So would you not give to that voluntarily? It wouldn't be necessary. In our society, it would yeah. just be taken care of. There would be no need for charity. Yeah, I mean, so we've, I, I know that when this podcast, it's awkward when this podcast comes out before the one, you know, and I just did, where we talked a lot about charity and justice. I feel like um, my take, like the reason I'm against that is that like charity doesn't raise, in my opinion, like the net good of the community obviously if you have so much money you can give it away then you should but i think that like a community working together produces more than individuals and if it's up to the individual to give to those who are like in need they're either not going to which i think is more likely or if they do they just like there's one person's life has been made better and another person's life has made been made worse i think it's kind of what charity does is it just like is it moves around like misery (laughs) Kind of, um, whereas I think justice is trying to like get rid of it. And that's like not to say that I'm completely against it. And I don't think that you should give money to people who like need it. But I, I, I don't think charity is the end goal that a lot of left people are working toward. We're working toward like justice, which is a completely different thing. Damn sure shouldn't mm-hmm. round up to the nearest dollar at Panda Express. We agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also as kind of like materialists, I personally believe that things like altruism and empathy can be learned. And so if you feel like you're altruistic, why don't you think other people could be altruistic? Why have this like inherent mistrust of other people? If you feel like you would give, why wouldn't you think that other people would give? Like we believe that right now people don't give because that's not an incentive that's created by the external factors in the material world. Usually people you know, don't have the capacity to donate or don't have access or et cetera, et cetera. But in an ideal world where you had kind of different ways of, of where people grow up in a more cooperative society, then wouldn't 
if you're capable of altruism and empathy, why don't you trust that other people are as well? Mm. Um, I, I don't think that every person is altruistic. Um, and I don't think that every person should have to be, I guess is really my only, you know, it just kind of goes back again to the self-ownership thing and that people shouldn't be forced to give, you know, what they don't want to. So, I, I, you know, I guess that's, that's it. <laughs> that's my yeah, answer. No, I I, yeah. I, I mean, Again, even. I think we're almost saying the same thing. It's just a little bit differently phrased because I don't necessarily disagree that it shouldn't be placed on the onus of the individual to be good. It should be placed on the onus of the community because like people mess up, people have bad days and like, it's not, it's not always going to be one person to help everyone else. And so I would like to get to a world where like the kind of natural thing for people to do is to be kind, but not like overly kind that like, you shouldn't have to give up everything that you should be able to lead a good life and be happy that other people can also like lead their own lives. That same way. Can I ask you guys, um, yeah. what, and so let's, let's go to a communist society. What would you do with somebody who, is putting in very minimal effort because I know this is always something that people. I'd, l- I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to. I'm gonna let Ward jump in too, but let's keep in mind that the USSR was a meritocratic society, meaning that there was a base level. You could be a total fucking piece of shit, though they had a zero percent unemployment. You could be a total fucking piece of shit and not want to do a goddamn thing and not leave your house and actually live and survive extreme bare minimals but there was no homelessness everyone was housed and i believe in a society like that where there is an absolute base if you don't want to do a goddamn thing you can actually sit in your house and be a total fucking piece of shit fucking do drugs whatever the fuck you want i don't care live your fucking life but for the people who do uh go out and work for the people who do actually engage and even go above and beyond what is expected of them they are given more, even in the USSR. They called Stakhanovites, them baby. Stakhanovites. If you overproduced what was expected of you, you were given better, uh, more time off. You were given better access to vacational options. You were given uh, better access to, you know, if you wanted to. So basically think of it like this way. If you got a basic care package, everything you needed, house, food, clothing, etc., and you did really well and they said, okay, you get all those things still, but now you get an extra 20% either completely put on top of one of those categories or spread out amongst them. So if you're really fucking into drinking, you can have better alcohol than you would have. Or if you really you want a nicer house, you can have a nicer house. If you want better drugs, you can have better drugs. If you want the drugs. If you want to eat better food, <laughs> it's or if you want more time off work, it's your call what you do with that. But, I'm off work to do drugs. Yeah, exactly. 10 to 10. So it's if you put in that effort, you built yourself that opportunity. And that's what happens under communism. That's fair. Um, I would say that, though, the person that slacks off and sits in their own house, you know, if they don't want to contribute and do anything to earn anything, they shouldn't be given anything by the community. I do believe that people should have a roof over their head. Uh, the ability to eat food, even if it's not fucking lobster every day, and just dignity, even if it's it's not as well as someone who actually puts in the labor. I think we have surpassed as a society and with our technological gains, 
that we can clearly house our people. We have what two million vacant homes in the United States and half a million homeless people in the United States. Like we can house our people and not destroy our our market. I would say that I'm not necessarily opposed to squatting, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, if a if a piece of land is not being used whatsoever, I'm not a I'm not against homesteading. So I mean, if there's a if there's a a neighborhood sitting somewhere completely vacant that nobody's living in, and nobody's there done for a year, I'm not against somebody going and living in that house and making it theirs if um, the resource is not being used and taken advantage of to an extent. Um, you know, if, if somebody has three acres and I, I wouldn't say that you can just go and take, you know, two and a half of the acres just because you think that they don't need it or whatever, but you know, th- there's nuance. I'm not against, I'm not against nuance, I guess. Well, but, they won't but, be taking somebody else's stuff cause they'll be given their own house. Apartment maybe. Apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Like your concept of a house is much different than what I'm talking about. Sure. But what is, what's the point? Why, why do people need to work together to help somebody that doesn't want to be part of the group and doesn't want the help or because they're still human. Yes, they're still human. And there's also people in that category of the people that, Oh, I'm base package. Like I'm not doing anything. There's people that are disabled that can't work and can't contribute. There's the elderly that's in that category as well. They're all human. It just takes compassion to be understanding and be like, okay, let's provide their basic needs. Like if you mm-hmm. truly don't want a house, you don't have to have a house, but we'll provide you with a house. I would also like to say that I think we have, we're talking about a very narrow concept of what work is. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe there's this idea that a person's just like, I don't want to do anything. And the community just immediately okay with that. In my mind, there's like at least attempts to get them to work and not just to work to produce things, but to like take care of children. Like there's a lot of work that's traditionally like women's work that we don't view as being work Mm -hmm. um, or traditionally like elderly work that we don't view as work that would need to be taken care of. And so I don't know. I just I feel as though the people who you're talking about, like there's very, very, very few of them. And and like they're either so severely disabled that I that, that, that like obviously we should take care of them or they're just like messed up and like whatever but i don't think that there's that many people like that who would literally want to do nothing in that sense would you have stone i just want to say also let's keep in mind most jobs do not i mean if if we remove capitalism and we really built a an economy based on what we actually need and we don't need a hundred different toothpaste fucking options we we don't have to work 40 hours like all honesty, we could be working 20 fucking hours a week on average and enjoying our fucking life. And you'd notice a lot of these people who don't want to work jobs, they just don't want to work these fucking jobs that take your entire life from you. You'd yeah. be surprised at how much of our world we've actually we've built technology to replace us and we should be reaping those rewards. There's so much of our shit we don't have to do anymore. Yeah, we shouldn't have police guarding dumpsters full of food because we've produced so much excess and have to protect it because of lack of profits. Yeah, I think that's stupid. I'll agree with that for sure. That's the state, man. That's the state doing what the state does, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I kind of want to wrap it up. We're getting about two hours. Sure. Does anybody have any kind of last things that they want to say? I just real quickly wanted to say that, yeah, um, 
you had mentioned earlier and we didn't get to it. We don't have to get deep into it or anything, but you had mentioned something about um, libertarians and ANCAPs siding with the police on many accounts or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would just say that at least um, the spheres that I run in, there's nobody that's hated more than the cops. And I BLM and, you know, Antifa. What about them? I feel like the ANCAPs will side with police over BLM and Antifa. That's a fair argument depending on what, depending on what the circumstance is. I would say that... They care more about the broken windows than the people that police are killing, is my point. That I disagree with. I wouldn't say that they care more about the broken windows. I would just say that breaking the windows is not... The, the windows aren't your enemy. The state is your enemy. The cops that are actually killing people are your enemy, not the people that are running a business, especially small businesses in towns and and whatnot. No, I think it's, I mean, it's a valid protest because if you you recognize that capitalism is the enemy, then you are going to lash out against capitalism and you're going to lash out against anything that is, they're recognizing that property is more valuable than their own lives and they're lashing out against that property. And also because it is what they are able to reach. Like they're not able to get to the head of the police. They're not able to get to the head of the government. They're not able to get to the people who are insulated from their rage, the people who are actually, you know, should be held accountable for what is happening to them. So they lash out against what is in their community. And, you know, I mean, that's the common argument of right-wingers is like, well, how are you going to fix racism by destroying your own community? It's like, it's not their own community. They don't own the Starbucks. They don't own the Target. They don't own the Walmart. They're destroying that because it is what came in and gentrified their community and made it made them alienated to begin with. So they're lashing out against that and for good reason. But it's also convenient because that is what capitalists and right-wingers, libertarians, whoever, anybody who espouses the current status quo, it's what they will use to try to discredit what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I would just say that um, there are a lot of libertarians that actually do support BLM um, and Antifa to a little bit of a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but Send them our way. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. I've just I, never I, met any. I, I possibly could, but um, I, I really like what, um, I, are, you, are y'all familiar with uh, Magnus Penvidia? Oh. He's a Boogaloo boy, and I don't know, we haven't even talked about Boogaloo now. <laughs> so, we could so, talk about Boogaloo at some point, but probably, I mean, we don't have enough time tonight, but yeah. Sure, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up real quickly here. But basically, no, no, I mean, no rush. About, he talks about like anarchist unity and basically that the first, the first thing to get rid of is the state, and the second thing to focus on is the economic system, and I, I like that. <laughs> He's somebody that he, he, he calls himself a boogaloo. Um, he wears, a, you know, the, the Hawaiian, Hawaiian shirt, stuff. but he marches and his point of being out and marching with, with BLM and Antifa is to be armed and protect them from the police. It's never had to get to a point where he's gotten a shootout. Obviously, we would have heard about that, but that's kind of the, the whole um, armed minorities can't be bashed uh, or something like that. I'm it's harder to oppress that. armed minorities. There you go. Yeah. So, um, but anyhow, I, I think there are a lot of people in the libertarian anarchist sphere that want more unity um, amongst the the lower portion of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, to answer that really quickly, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, you can continue to feel that way. I, I feel <laughs> like the vast majority of like leftists are anti-capitalist first. And that's like, I, I don't think that there aren't situations where we can't work toward common goals, but like there's like real opposition there. Um, but also, yeah, I don't, I, I pushed back on you a little bit last time, Mike, about this, because I, I agree. I do think that there's like an anti-police feeling amongst people on the lib right. And mm-hmm. I think that is real. 
I just think that it's different. And maybe the point that you're getting at is this maybe a little bit less valid and less like lasting because they seem to not like the police because the police like make the rules kind of, that like they make unaccountable rules and can enforce them. And I feel like the basis of why people on the left generally don't like police is because like they protect property first and foremost. Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. like the more left critique of the police. Um, and so, yeah, so maybe the point here is that like when it comes to it, I think that a lot of leftists are skeptical about how powerful this like anti-rule feeling can be and that like it's not a real like materialist critique of the police. And so it seems a little bit aesthetic in that sense. I wouldn't disagree with that. I'd only say they protect the interests of the ruling class, not necessarily property. Property yeah. just I would agree to with be that. in the interest of the ruling class. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. The only thing I would like to say just to kind of close it out is like, I feel like people should also look up um, the Rev Left episode on species being which is a thing from Marx. And it's basically the concept that liberalism, neoliberalism, anarcho-capitalism, capitalism, any of the things that rely on individualism at the core of their philosophy, they actually go against human nature. Because just like every species has a nature, uh, like bears are born and know how to be bears, humans advance and have done what they have done as a species and created civilizations because they work collectively. So it actually goes against our nature as a species to be individuals, alienated, separated from everybody else, just existing in our own little individual sphere. And it is collectivization, it is collectivism, it is working as communities that allows us to achieve all the amazing things that humans have achieved. It is only through organization and working together, uh, in short. So that being said, we should do this again because I feel like we could just do this for hours and hours and hours and... Hopefully this is as entertaining to everyone listening as it was to us because I had a fucking fantastic time. And I want to thank you, Duncan, or Dunk, for being just a good sport about all of it. Thank you, Dunk. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And um, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, But uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I would definitely like to discuss some of those other topics. I I, I was actually the whole time I kind of wanted to jump back to some of those topics that you had laid out at the beginning. But yeah, maybe if uh, we do it again. Last point, and then I'll I'll shut the hell up. Um, Dunk Limpman is a play on Duncan Limp, who it was a victim of police brutality, somebody that was shot uh, to death um, in his home um, in uh, Maryland um, about a year ago. It actually was, I think, the same night as Breonna Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. So, hmm. anyway, that's the guy uh, that came out of his place with a with a gun, and then they shot him. That's the cop story. Maybe it was a different, uh, so there was one I was thinking of uh, in particular, like this dude, they started banging on his door and he came out with like a Glock in his hand, uh, but it was no, like behind no, him. No, that was Ryan Whitaker. Oh, that that's Ryan what it was. Whitaker. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you were able to come on here. I know like me and you were going back and forth a little bit on Instagram <laughs> and to be able to come on here and have such a good time together. Like I don't, I cannot possibly express how much I've enjoyed having you on and even if we don't continue this, I really want to bring you on even for other topics in the future. Nino and Ethan, I don't have to tell you guys how much I'm a fan of uh, the Left Shelf podcast. But man, Break the State podcast, if, if we do have any listeners who really do want to see the more, and I won't say libertarian right side, but certainly towards that direction from where we're at, definitely check out Break the State I hope Dunk finds some time to break his hiatus 
and continues that because I've actually listened to your podcast, Duncan. I'm actually a fan. Um, and, you know, I've, I've even commented on a few of your things and said, hey, that, that's a base take. I like that. I appreciate it. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at Break the State Podcast, uh, Twitter at Dunk Limpman, and uh, I'm on Facebook. So. Yeah. No, you you uh, preempted me. I was going to say, let's get to the plugs. <laughs> Sorry. So doing that. No, it's, no it's, I mean, it's perfect. Like, you know, the less I have to do, the better. So, uh, Nino and Ethan, why don't you guys go ahead and plug the left shelf again? Sure. We're Left Shelf Podcast, uh, leftshelf.com, uh, Left Shelf on Instagram, Left Shelf Pod on Twitter. Uh, Left Shelf Podcast on Facebook, wherever you get your social media fix. Um, and can I just say that I will say if you guys ever have a Bitcoin podcast, if you ever do like a Bitcoin. Yeah, episode, we definitely are planning on it. I want to be there. Hell yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a topic I mean, we need to cover filled. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you like for it? Oh no, I would, oh, okay. but I want to feel it so, and like, it's not in, it's like not a thing that we would talk about on our pod, but like, I, so I have like so many feelings about it. I still want to talk about it. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys are welcome back anytime, of course. Uh, Sterling, want to go ahead and plug the Twitter? Turn left this pod. Come check out my fire fucking takes that you're usually just dick jokes. No, they're pretty good. And when you're not calling people a bitch and getting shit for it. <laughs> go fuck that guy. <laughs> anyway, Ward Lolly, you want to go ahead and plug your stuff? Yeah, so I got two Instagrams at Ward Lolly, W A R D L A W L E Y, and at Millennial Leftist, common spelling. And I also want to plug our podcast Discord. You can find it in the link tree. Did some renovations there. It's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, it's nice now. And for everything else, uh, just check out the link tree. It's link tree slash turn leftist. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank you, you so much. Yeah, Thanks have a good night. On, Thanks again, Doug. Yeah, thanks for having me on. See you guys. See ya.